What's up, everybody, and welcome to Woody's Corner, the softball podcast. I'm Coach Woody. Thank you for being here with me today. Okay, I was a little bit off, but it's getting better. It is getting better. All right, let's jump right into this week's episode. I have been pleasantly surprised to see Major League Baseball come around and be more like softball. That's right, everyone. Baseball wants to be like us. Why do I say that? Oh, I don't know. Let's just call it the international tiebreaker rule that they have started to use. Love it. Why go 10,000 innings when you could possibly only play two extra innings or maybe even one because you're going to start with the runner at second base. More exciting. Things come up. Your strategy changes. Welcome to the new world baseball. Welcome. And also using the DH in both leagues. Oh, I just got to clap my hands and say, well done. Well done. Well done. I love it. Obviously, somebody had a daughter who was playing softball and they went out and watched their games and said, huh, I wonder why we don't do this stuff. Huh? They'll never go for it. But good old 2020 has changed everything. So now baseball is using the international tiebreaker. Love it. It is hilarious. Anywho, I wonder what you guys think about that. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Are you a traditional baseball fan where you just want it like it always has been? Or are the little bit of changes okay with you? In my world, in me, I like it. Do what you got to do to keep the game moving, keep it exciting. You know, let the strategy just kick in and just go from there. Now, with thinking about the different strategies that they can play, the different way that things are being implemented in baseball, here's my other thought. How is it that there are 18 members of the Um, Marlins staff and players that have contracted COVID. I shouldn't say have contracted it. They have tested positive for it. And what does it do? All of a sudden, it shuts them down for about a week. It shuts down another team um, for a few days. But you understand how fast that just ran through their, their, um, their locker room? One person has it. Next thing you know, there's 18. Didn't they pick up bigger rosters? So in case something like that happened, they can just take the next set of guys and go and play ball so that everything can keep rolling. I don't know. I don't understand what MLB is doing with that whole thing, but oh man, you have to have better contingency plans than what they're showing right now. And so I, I hope... They're, everybody's learning from that lesson and it doesn't shut down baseball altogether and that they have a better plan in place in case another team has multiple positive tests. I don't know. It makes me scratch my head. It makes me just ooh cringe at the thought that it's going to have to stop. But if it does, it does. You know, and I hope it doesn't because it, it has been nice to be able to sit around and watch 
baseball, you know, to see sports, to be able to talk about it, to have those conversations with friends and feel normal for a little bit. That's, that's all I have to say. It just, I felt normal for a little bit watching baseball games. So it's been nice. That led me into thinking, hmm, baseball started up. They started playing. We all felt like we were back to a little bit of a norm. And just sitting around thinking about what is normal for softball? Because here in California, we still cannot get permits to play. We still cannot hold tournaments. People are playing friendlies, you know, and just... They meet up in a park and they play. All right. Great. Do what you need to do and everything. But the girls that are out there, when I sit back and think about what just happened to the Marlins, do you understand how fast everything can run through a team? How that team can now transmit more positive tests for the virus to other places because we want to play so bad? I was against this at first with doing physical activity with a mask on. But I have to seriously rethink that. If people are going to be out and you're going to be playing, keep the mask on the entire time. Don't take it off. Um, Get the ones that have good ventilators, whatever it may be. But I believe now, really seeing what's happening with the Marlins, you got to mask up and you got to keep it up. It just, and then wash. We got to do what we got to do to stop the transmission of the virus. And if people aren't going to stay home to kill it off, then when you're out and about, you have to make sure you are doing your part to not catch it or spread it. So I would just say, hey, mask up, mask up, mask up. All right, so what I wanted to really talk about today, not in great detail, but kind of really pose questions for you, is the difference between being scouted and being recruited. That's what this episode's about, really. The difference between recruiting and scouting. Some people might say, well, they're the same thing. Well, you know what? For a long time, I kind of thought they were the same thing too because when you're being looked at in my world, It was being recruited, but it really isn't. So when you sit back and you start talking about or thinking about what it means to be recruited. Now the NCAA has a bunch of rules in place defining what recruitment means. Um, When is it that you are actually being recruited? When you can start being recruited and the contact, the evaluations, things like that. So there's a whole section in the rule book, which I call the Bible, because this thing is so thick and it just outlines everything. The NCAA is so over the top, I'm telling you, way over the top. Um, But it really does outline everything about recruiting to the point of when you make first contact, how many times you can go out and evaluate a player, how many times you can contact that player during the day, during the week, at what age, all that stuff. It's all spelled out. So recruiting is there. 
That is when a coach is trying to make a final decision. Does this player fit my system? Does this player fit my program? Is this the type of family I want inside of my softball family, right? They got to take all those opportunities to figure out, is that going to be a good fit? Is this player going to help my team, my university win games? Because you got to remember, coaches' jobs depend on their win-loss record. Don't let people tell you differently. It totally does. So the coach has got to use those that little teeny bit of window to recruit that player to see if they are going to be a yes or no, right? And when they say yes to that player, that's who I want. This is how much money I'm going to give them. I'm going to bake my livelihood, my job on that player, right? They are confident with that. They go about their their decisions and they offer up money or, a, you know, a guaranteed spot if you're a walk-on. So that's being recruited. Now, how does the coach know about players? How do they know? How do they know to go out and watch this player? That is the scouting part. Coaches have to have some sort of idea of what they're looking for. And so you think about, you know, the combines that people put on before tournaments, um, camps, or... Um, maybe practices that a coach might happen, and I'm doing that in air quotes right now, to go by. And so scouting is the idea that they can be uh, a fast kid. So somebody sees someone run really fast, you're like, oh, hey, they piqued my interest. That's it. Can I pique a coach's interest to have them now recruit me? How do I get them interested in me if they never see me? How can I get myself scouted by them to order in order to be recruited by them, right? So we take the opportunity to go out and play. We, we ask our head coaches, our recruiting coordinators. Um, this is with travel ball, I'm just assuming. Um, you know family, friends, the contacts that you might have. Hey, I know this kid that you might want to look at and a coach can look at her and then it's like, okay, you piqued my interest. Now I'm going to recruit you. This is what we've been trying to say for years. I have got to be able to pique a coach's interest in me in order for them to start to recruit me. That's why a lot of people do videos to send out to coaches Hey, this is me. See me over here. I've got the skill set that you want to see. Um, now start to recruit me, please. So we've got to be able to get to the point where people understand you have to be scouted first before they start to recruit you. They have to be able to see you. They have to be able to know who you are. They've got to have their interest peaked before they start to do the recruitment process. Um, and things are different now with recruiting. It's not like it was before, right? So now how do you pique a coach's interest in you when they can't be out, when they don't know 
um, what kids on what team anymore because nobody's playing really unless you're in a different state and taking the opportunity to or the chance of you know catching this crazy virus because you got to do everything and be everywhere and people aren't masking up. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Back to the scouting part. Reinventing yourself. Being scouted. Um, one of the things that I'm going to come back and talk about probably in about two weeks is a new program where you could utilize the opportunity to get scouted using USA Scout Wire to get out there and do the basic stuff to get noticed. And I think any parent that's out there listening to me right now, when your kid is not um, getting 10, 15, 20, 50 emails from colleges, but you know that she needs to be recruited because she's going into her senior year or into her, her junior year, it's like, what do you do? What do you do? Well, you got to you got to find that opportunity to get out there and get scouted. To do your videos, to show that you can hit live pitching, to show that you have athleticism. Show that. If you can show that to them, that will pique their interest, then they will start to engage with you and start the recruiting process. I hope that has helped to clarify where you need to be and what you need to do to start the recruiting process. You've got to get scouted. You've got to evaluate your own skill set, where you need to get better, so that you are that player that colleges want. That's being scouted. Think about the Major League Baseball um, scouting department. What do they do? They hear about a kid, they see the numbers. Hey, I got a lefty pitcher that throws 90 miles an hour. I'm going to go scout that kid. What do they do? They send somebody out there and they sit at the ball games and they just watch. Good mechanics, good velocity. Okay. We can take a chance on this person. Let's watch them more. Let's break them down. Let's do the numbers. All of it. But it starts with a scouting trip. Or word of mouth. All that stuff got to be scouted first. And especially because coaches are not out watching games or anything. And you can have people out there say, hey, I got this great kid. Da, 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 da. Well, you ain't played in four, almost five months now. Are you sure you got that kid? You know, so these are the things that we need to take into effect or into account going forward. So, word of advice, work on your skills, get better, do whatever you need to do to get scouted first. Then, let them know, I'm here, I can be recruited. And there you go. That's as simple as A, B, C, easy as one, two, three. Ooh, that was good. Y'all liked that one, didn't you? I know you did. Anyways. That's what I have for you this week. Scouting versus recruiting. I hope I've clarified that for you. All right, you guys. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for supporting me and being here with me. Give me that thumbs up, that like. 
Tell your friends about me. Let's go. Let's do this thing. I thank you for being here in Woody's Corner. I'm Coach Woody, and I'm out.